0: Welcome to CFOs in Motion, presented by CFO Intelligence, with your host, Andrew Zizes. Dynamic and direct one-on-one interviews with CFOs and executives from enterprise and middle market companies. And now, here's your host, Andrew Zizes.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to CFOs in Motion where highly accomplished CFOs at middle market and enterprise companies share their views and insights. I'm your host, Andrew Zizas. Today we have an exciting and timely discussion in store for you. I'm joined by an incredibly accomplished finance executive and longtime friend, George Garcia. George is Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer of Arcade Beauty. Arcade Beauty is an Oak Tree Capital owned company which manufactures and provides packaging solutions for the prestige beauty and personal care industries. Arcade Beauty is headquartered in New York City and has 13 production sites worldwide with annual revenues of approximately $400 million and 2,400 employees. George Garcia joined Arcade Beauty in 2020 and is responsible for providing strategic financial leadership, driving shareholder value, communicating the company's strategies and performance to the investor community, and supporting the company's growth and return on investment goals. George previously served as Chief Financial Officer of Rab Lighting, a leader in the development of LED lighting and control systems. He was there from 2017 through 2019. He was also at DNM Group, a global designer and manufacturing of, manufacturer, excuse me, of premium audio products from 2010 through 2017. Now, prior to that time, George held several progressive roles with KPMG and is a certified public accountant. George holds a BBA from Pace University and is based in New York City. Now today, George will discuss with us the challenges and rewards of dealing with resource constraints while driving growth. George, I'm so pleased that you and I were able to put this interview together today and that you're able to join me. Thank you so much for being here on CFOs in Motion.
2: Andy, good to see you again. Uh, and I appreciate that that background and invite to this. Excited to take this conversation with you.
1: Well, so let's get right into our conversation. We're talking about driving growth in a crazy economy with supply chain issues and resource constraints. Uh, companies aren't able to, to to capture the products that they need or the components that they need. What's it like to serve as a CFO of a company with resource and capital constraints?
2: Andy, it's extremely challenging, right? I think what we have you know, seen here, particularly at Arcade, is that we can't do it all, right? And so, um, you know, from, a, from an internal perspective, leadership uh, and working with the teams that we serve around the globe, it's about prioritizing. And so, you know, from a, from a leadership perspective, you know, what, I, what I've communicated is, Hey, pick three things and do them really well instead of trying to take too much on your plate. Um, really, I think the environment that we're in forces us to really, really look at the things that are going to move the needle in, a, in, a, in the short term, but obviously keeping an eye on our strategy long term. Mm.
1: So tell me about the greatest challenges. You, in the last few years, we've had a tumultuous time mm-hmm. and we're, we're in tumultuous times now, but what have been the greatest challenges that you've encountered?
2: I mean, so as you as you all know, I mean, we went through a pandemic. You know, I joined this business in twenty twenty, as you said, and uh, within my first three months, we were talking about something happening in China and maybe something coming over here. So we we had the pandemic. So um, you know, and then that that quickly forced us to go down a different path, partnering up with our our lenders and refinancing. So um, you know, we went through a refinancing plan in our first uh, and a strategic plan at that in our first you know, 12 months that I had been here, probably earlier than we anticipated. Um, So that was a quick pivot. Um, And as we sort of distance ourselves out of the pandemic, and I'm saying things that, you know, many CFOs that are listening to this understand well, is the environment shifted. And we've we've been focused a lot on supply chain uncertainty, you know, lead times uh, being very, very well extended. And of course, now the inflation that is sustaining itself, you know, continuously, right? So we, we um, you know, we've talked about here that we've seen inflation, but there's no end in sight to inflation. And so we've been sort of battling those, those um, you know, titanic <laughs> shifts in our business. Uh, and it's forced us to, re, you know, reprioritize and pivot along the way. Right.
1: Wow. Um, well, you, you've got a lot on your plate, I'm sure. Talk to me about uh, what's going on in the world with respect to uh, your labor base. I mean, last year, last month, there were 11.3 million open positions in the United States alone, 11.3. How are you guys contending yeah. with hiring quality employees and retaining them?
2: So it's, it's, it's hard. And I think you know we talk a lot about material lead times, the transportation, the energy, but the people's been you know, you know, particularly challenging, especially for our production workforce and what we see happening with the Amazon and the Walmarts of the world where unemployment's really low, so the 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 supply base of labor is tight. Um, you know we've done a lot of things. I think Arcade's got a great reputation in in the market. We're we're, we're a good place to be, um, but we've obviously had to respond to labor inflation and 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 increase sort of you know our value offerings that we have in the marketplace, including you know hourly rate increases, uh, well above you know minimum. So we've had to be competitive. Um, you know what I'd say is you know we have seen, and I'm sure many have seen the same thing is. You know, hiring new talent is taking longer um, and it's forced us to sort of, um, you know, maximize what we have. We've increased over time where needed. Uh, shifts have been added, but, you know, particularly that third shift has been challenging for us. So um, the, the, what I'd say, Andy, is you do you do the best you can, um, but everyone is faced with the same challenge. Getting new new talent is extremely hard today to spread yeah, and, growth.
1: And I think it'll continue for a while as well. Um, you mentioned supply chain, um, are you guys experiencing supply chain challenges from a transportation perspective or in your ability to access component and raw materials?
2: Our, our business, yeah, both, uh, frankly, our, our business is a little unique the way we're positioned. Um, there was a strategy, you know, that, uh, we executed, you know, years ago where our customers, you know, really look at us as a value player in being locally, Source. So we've got, as you said, we've got 13 manufacturing sites around the world. We're based, you know, manufacturing in the U.S., in France, Poland, uh, Brazil, and China. So we have um, some flexibility, if you will, you know, with our manufacturing, we can shift around. Um, so we've been fortunate in, in, in our strategy, um, in from a footprint perspective, and I think that's one of the unique propositions we have to our to our customers and the commitments we're making. But you know, certainly, you know, you look at what's happening in China right now with lockdowns or containers that are sitting outside of China, you know, fortunately, um, that has uh, not as great of an impact as it probably is with other businesses that are out there to us. Um, but but yeah, there's challenges in in, in in retaining the right, you know, level for, you know, even truckers, right, to bring in product on time. There's There's a lot more uncertainty when you've got planned shipments from your materials. They don't always necessarily land in the same place um, and we we also, um, we partner with a lot of the large enterprise brands on b- bulk material, whether it's a fragrance or cosmetic that they're supplying to us. And we're finding that they're challenged as well in, in being able to provide that, uh, you know, on time to us, you know, particularly today. So, you know, we've had to be flexible, Andy. We've had to, um, you know, one of the things that we've had to do a lot of even more so today is partner up with our customers uh, and vendors and, and make sure that we are, transparent, and they are as well with us. It's really, you know, this is where you really find your partnerships being important. Um, and it's a regular, everyday, you know, communication that we have with 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 our suppliers and customer base. But it's tough.
1: Now, I can imagine. It's a lot of work. Are you, you you've, the company's got a presence in Europe and, you know, there's a war going on in Europe. Do you expect that supply chain and transportation issues for your company will be worsened as a result of uh, the, the current war?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's actually it's terrible what's happening there. Um, you know, we don't have as as much of a reliance uh, on that part of the uh, the world, if you will, from a Ukraine perspective. We don't have operations there, and our supply uh, isn't coming from uh, from the Ukraine in in, in, a, in a big way. It's probably affecting our vendors more. Um, certainly, energy. You know, energy for us, we've seen. You know, we plan for it in our strategic and budgeting process, but. Um, certainly not at the levels that we would have anticipated, you know, come, you know, at that point in time. So I think energy has been one big surprise for us and certainly have seen that um, um, hit levels that we didn't anticipate. And we've had to respond and, and work with our customers on, um, on a pricing perspective on that. But, you know, with the exception of that, you know, I, I think if that prolongs, it just impacts the, the countries around them. Um, and, and certainly, could it could shift macro level, you know, economies if that if that continues. Right. So, uh, we've got an, our eye on it, even though it doesn't impact our day to day as much as it would others. Uh, it certainly could have a ripple right. effect.
1: But right. are you experiencing energy challenges just in Europe or across the globe?
2: Well, there is a ripple effect, as I said. You know, Europe is feeling it most. You know, today, but you know, we, we've obviously the price on uh, oil um you know obviously that that has an effect on everything it's done on the transportation inbound and outbound side um it also you know impacting um you know the price to just you know you know turn on your your facilities you know too so um you know we have uh, we've been impacted across the globe um you know i just say it's it's sort of uh almost unprecedented in the Europe, european side in terms of how fast it's shifting uh, given all of the uh, reliance on, on energy there between mm. Russia and, and Ukraine. Wow.
1: Well, let's shift to um, company structure and leadership. Uh, Arcade it has uh, PE partners, and you know, you've, you've commented to me offline how uh, you know, solid that relationship is and how much you enjoy working with them. How has the company's PE partners supported leadership in, in working through not only the challenges that you've discussed, but also growing the company? Yeah, oak oak
2: tree's been great. Um, you know, they they've obviously um, you know seen a, a, a pretty dramatic shift in the business. You know, recently with the pandemic, and you know, I can tell you just from a starting point when I first came on board here, they partnered quickly with me. I've got a really good support network there. When we did the refinancing, you know, they they put more investment into this business and really have shown some strong support in us. Uh, you know, having to go to them, you know, that early in my my tenure here was, a, you know, uh, surprising to me, Andy, as I said to you, and, you know, in, in our private chats, you know, but but they've been extremely supportive from a capital standpoint. Um, but, you know, as we've kind of got into strategy, I think they've been really good thought partners as well, challenging um, myself and the CEO, you know, the CEO to me, uh, and really thinking about things a different way, you know, and and, and leveraging some of their Uh, portfolio-based businesses with what they're seeing so that we can sort of adopt, you know, uh, practices or even sort of have a good tie-in to some of those relationships they've had. So um, we're very active with them. Um, You know, we have our, you know, bi-weekly now, but we use that weekly calls, um, you know, just to to sort of give them a heads up on what's happening in the business, get their perspectives on things, Um, you know, from an M&A front too, which, you know, we're also pretty active in, in developing our capabilities on that front. They are extremely supportive partners uh, looking at this business as a strategic asset to, to their portfolio.
1: That's great, that's great. The relationship with uh, PE sponsors is, either that's helps true. or or hurts how a company succeeds. In this case, obviously <laughs> it's true. helping. Um, let, let me jump back to something you said before. You, you commented about how you have to be competitive with uh, attracting and retaining employees. Uh, what are you doing in particular? What steps are the company taking in order to be competitive and in order to position the company well, so you can re- attract and retain the right caliber of people?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, internally first, I think we've we've been fortunate. Um, you know, I, I'd say we've had we have a really loyal uh, foundation of, of employees. We've got good employees tenured with this business. And first and foremost, you know, in the pandemic, we were focused on, you know, obviously safety of our employees first, but, you know, as we've kind of gotten into this growth mode and we've looked to rebound this business uh, from where it was, it's about celebrating their accomplishments. You know, I think we run lean, Andy, uh, just just by nature, I think we are a lean organization, but one of the, the good fallouts of that is, you know, that employees feel like they're empowered and they're able to get exposure to things that they probably otherwise wouldn't do in, in other environments. And I think it can be, um, you know, for, for those that have been around here, they've, they've, they've contributed a lot to our success. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we talked about those challenges. Um, and I mean it. You can't do it without your people. We are fortunate that we've been able to retain our people, celebrate what they're doing, make sure that, the, you know, that they feel like they've got skin in the game and they can help be part of the part of the change. And I think that served us really well and you feel that at the plant level all the way to the sales offices that we have around the world, I, I can see it. Um, as far as, you know, new talent goes, uh, you know, one there's, you know, compensation has got to be part of it. So we've obviously our go to market strategy and retaining talent, uh, or, or getting new talent, I should say, you know, we are, you know, very aware of the market and what's shifted. Um, we've obviously prioritized our people first. Uh, but obviously, you know, the, the, like anything else you've got to bring in to supplement, um, We've, uh, you know, we've partnered up with, uh, you know, good people outside too. And, and, and uh, you know, not only have people been coming in through referrals on our, um, you know, on the successes that they're having internally. So we've been able to bring in some people that, you know, have been in the network of our people. Um, but, you know, we are also, you know, not rushing decisions either. So it's important that we get the right person that fits culturally what we're looking mm-hmm. for. Um, and I think we've had some success with our reputation as well. So, you know, long-winded answer of saying, hey, we enf- we're focusing on our people first. Um, we obviously need people on the outside. And I think our reputation and, you know, those that come in and look at the opportunity see this as a great way to sort of accelerate their mm. career.
1: Well, you know, you mentioned uh, that money's only part of it, and you're absolutely right. Creating culture is essential but the experience that employees have working for an organization, how they're treated, whether they're, like you said, they're empowered if they have skin in the game, but it's experiential. And especially today with um, the the employment demands that are being driven by younger uh, parts of the people in the the working uh, world, it's all about experience. And my experience with the folks who I've had the pleasure of meeting at Arcade, in addition to yourself, you've had people working there for a very, very long time. A company doesn't, and, and, and new people as well, but you know, when, when people stick around at a company, it's not only because they're being paid well, uh, they're, they're sticking around because they enjoy what they're doing, they feel respected, and the overall experience is positive. And I've seen that a lot at Arcade, so kudos. Yeah,
2: I echo that. I, I appreciate that, Amy. And echoing that, and I think that's something that as a leadership team, We've talked a lot about because you can only lead with with uh, with that so much. You know, at the end of the day, there's more to work. You spend all of your time Mm -hmm. here um, or a lot of your time here, I should say, you know, when you're not with your family. So, you know, how you feel and what you're contributing and what's it what's it adding to your career, I think, is is super, super important. Shouldn't be shouldn't play that down. That that's that's, you know, equally. I
1: agree. I agree, George. George, let's talk a little bit about m um, and I know the company has uh, you know, been acquisitive and give me an idea as to how M&A is going to play into Arcade's future success.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, recent history, I mean, this business came together with two, uh, two different businesses coming together. So, you know, when you talk about Arcade Beauty and how it came together, you know, the rigid and flexible packaging businesses, if you will, that came together um, and, and formed this group. It's in our DNA. I think the, you know, from a, from a business point of view, I'm excited about all the innovation that's happening internally. So I don't want to sort of just speak to the, the, um, the, the acquisition front, but you know, innovations in our, in our, um, in our DNA. You know, we've got you know a multitude of technology solutions that we have. It's what makes us unique uh, as a value player, but. You know the other thing that we we have to recognize from from M&A, we've we've developed an internal pipeline. I think there's a lot of great opportunities out there that we need to look at that can whether it's adding to our existing capabilities. and we're always looking at a ourselves as a full turnkey solution. So when we're providing you know whether it's a you know large enterprise beauty brand and we, we know who they are or, or a, an indie brand, we want to be able to provide them support across the board and be that full turnkey provider, whether it be through sampling or retail solutions. That's the, uh, as you walk into a Sephora and they're dropping in a sample, that's us. Or if it's, you know, buying a retail product, you know, off the shelf, we want to be able to sort of support them in that uh, as well. And all the marketing that goes with it. The the unique thing that an acquisition could give you um, is again you know capabilities that we don't have today so I think we're looking at some strategic things that would be a great complement to our business and entering into you know a space that's highly fragmented and bringing together um, a broader range of technology solutions that we're already offering today that we could that we could enhance our offering to to the, to the marketplace so um, I'm excited about it I think it's uh, it's something that you know we've been working on for a few years since I've joined here and you know, candidly, a lot of great opportunities, which are tree Partners, you know, feel as well. Um, you know, it's it's a matter of you know um, surveying that and 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 really assessing, uh, you know, what are the ones that we want to pick in the short term. But uh, but it's a great landscape for us. And
1: how are your funding acquisitions? Are you doing anything unique?
2: You know, from a from a debt perspective too. From a you know from a from a market perspective, we are. Certainly first, starting with the oak tree folks, they, they again, I, I get back to how they feel about us. Um, so, it, you know, likely will come through, you know, their support coming in, right, instead of, you know, sort of levering up. Um, it, it's typically looked at, you know, bring in some additional capital, let's, let's sort of, you know, bring some higher return to our investors uh, in these acquisitions, whether it be harmonizing and synergizing, you know, integrating these businesses whether it's, you know, growing the top line, but you know, the expectation would be that we would partner with our, our equity partners and, and, and put more, more money into this business.
1: Wow, wow. So George, um, you're handling a lot. Uh, a lot of your peers are handling a lot given what's going on in the world. Yeah. Running a company's uh, finances when you're dealing with constraints uh, is exciting, I'm sure. I'm sure it's very challenging as well. It sounds like you're handling it well and hopefully having some fun.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: let me ask you, there are others who other CFOs who are in your position or maybe. So what advice would you provide to uh, up and coming CFOs or even CFO peers who are faced with circumstances that are similar to what you're experiencing at Arcade?
2: Well, you know, I think first and foremost, transparency is key. I mean, you know, communication and transparency. And, and, and that goes to, you know, you, you have commitments to our customers. They come first our employees as well, by the way. And, you know, we have that commitment. And, you know, the more transparent you are and the better you communicate with them and your vendors staying in front of it, um, that's huge. We did that with our, our our lender base when we were getting ready for refinancing. And I think it's, you know, paid dividends because we forged some really strong partnerships, not just with PE, but your investors, right? Um, and your customers and your vendors, right? If without those partnerships, you know, you've got, you know, you're in a world of hurt. So, you know, really communicate, really be transparent, um, you know, be realistic too. I think that's the other thing is, um, you know, I started with, you know, how do we tackle all these things? You, you we can't do it all, right. you know, and, and and we've had those internal discussions, you know, we've got great ideas, but you can't do it all, you know, and, and sort of be realistic and honest with yourself and your leadership team and, and do what you know you can be successful on and execute, right. And, and get it and get it and do it right. Um, those are the biggest things i think when you're in this you know environment is you know do it and we haven't talked about either you know you, you, you can't place all the bets that you have out there i mean we've made some we've gone from a pandemic light env- or pandemic environment where we were super focused on working capital optimization liquidity management all that and that's still there today because there's still uncertainty you know but we've made some choice you know bets right on inventory right the lead times are longer and so Think strategically, don't think all short term, think longer term, mm-hmm. have a strategy and stick to it. Um, you know, So that's what I would sort of leave, uh, and I'm sure many of them are out there doing that, but that's what I would leave them with is, uh, those, are, those, those have found some success for us here, and I think they'll be really important going forward.
1: George, I always enjoy talking to you. I, I love your style, uh, you're very direct, and I always learn something. So I, I, uh, I'm thanks. grateful that you joined me today on CFOs in Motion, thanks for being here.
2: Yeah,
1: likewise, Andy, I appreciate the invite. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on CFOs in Motion. If you'd like to learn more about Arcade Beauty, visit www.arcadebeauty.com. Thanks for joining us today on CFOs in Motion. I'm Andrew Zizis for CFOs in Motion and CFO Intelligence. We'll see you again next time.
0: Thanks for joining us on CFOs in Motion presented by CFO Intelligence with your host, Andrew Zizes. If you have an interesting topic that you'd like us to discuss here on CFOs in Motion, or if you've got a great CFO topic that you're passionate about and would like to be interviewed on this podcast series or published in CFO Intelligence Magazine, visit cfointel.com. That's C-F-O-I-N-T-E-L-L.com. Remember to subscribe to this podcast series on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been CFOs in Motion, presented by CFO Intelligence with your host, Andrew Zizis. We'll see you next time. The opinions and views presented on this podcast by Andrew Zizes are his own and may not be relied upon as fact. The opinions and views of others who appear on this show are their own as well and may not be relied upon as fact or for any other purpose. Opinions and views and other information are provided for general information and educational purposes only.